It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. It is a pleasure, as always, to have so many of you out there listening. So thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Basically, how I, how I can help you get more customers. Welcome to our 2017 e-commerce growth series sponsored by Vico, the number one inventory software. It's a series of shows I've put together to bring you lots of ideas and thoughts on how you could take your business to the next level in 2017. I have to give a huge thank you to our sponsor Vico for being so great in enabling this series to happen. Vico is the number one inventory software that allows you to sell across multiple marketplaces such as eBay, Amazon, Magento, WooCommerce and Shopify. You can try Vico for free today by going to info.vico.com forward slash e-commerce dash master plan. Now, Vico is a solution designed to help with just the challenges that today's guest, Giorgio, is going to be taking us through. As the Shopify reviewer, Ruffs puts it, uh, Vico has catapulted my dispatching process from unprofessional to what you would expect from a larger retailer. I could go on for hours about how much time and effort Vico has saved me. Well, today's interview is all about making your business run more smoothly and how one e-commerce business is in the process of systematising that whole operation. The interview lasted nearly an hour, so I split it into two episodes, both of which are available for you right now, and I strongly recommend you listen to both of them. In this part A, Giorgio takes us through the background to his business and how bad things got for him and the key events that made him realise what he needed to change. In part B, which is available for you right now, um, Giorgio goes into how he's been changing things for the better, employing a new team, building new systems and what that's going to enable him to achieve in the future. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Giorgio Vandenberg is the owner of House of Fine Foods, a series of websites, including Shop America, that bring the food and confectionery items that are hard to get from America to Europe. He launched in 2011 and started the e-commerce shop in 2012. It's now turning over around €300,000. Giorgio is a repeat guest, so please do have a listen to his first interview on the show. It's number 35. Um, and I do like to get a guest back on if they've been up to something really interesting since I last spoke to them. So today, Giorgio's here to talk us through how he's been focused on efficiency in order to grow his business. Hi, Giorgio. Hi. How are you, Chloe? Good to be back. It's great to have you back on the show. And I've just given the listeners a very quick overview of you and your business, an incredibly quick overview, considering all that's been going on. Um, but how did you get started off in e-commerce, just to give them a reminder? Of course. Uh, as you already said, the main story about how I started, you can hear in episode 35. But just to um, give a very condensed version of it, uh, it all started with an idea to help a friend out uh, in the United States who was sick, who had multiple sclerosis. And we started with a service to allow Europeans to shop in U.S. stores and eBay, for example, and get items shipped over to them um, to the EU that are normally not available outside of the U.S. Um, that idea changed organically, actually, very quickly within the first year to an email list uh, with a few grocery items that I took uh, on stock here locally. And from there, it evolved really into an e-commerce store 
up to the point I was forced to choose between a high paying job that was safe and very comfortable financially, but made me really truly unhappy uh, or something that gave me uh, a lot of joy um, and an outlet for my creativity and also tied me to one of my passions and um, uh, something very important to me, which was the US where I spent a lot of my time um, in my 20s. So obviously, uh, now we're here and talking to each other, I chose the letter. And uh, <laughs> without the pay, I must say, um, revenue, um, as you mentioned in your intro, is still the same as in our last recording. Um, and actually, the reason for that is that I had to learn uh, a few lessons. One, that I'm only human. Uh, and I can only do so much by myself uh, with it. Um, and when you spend your time on less important things, you get stuck at a well. And I had to learn that lesson. Um, and that's the reason, actually, I'm here today to share uh, what I've learned um, in the past year it uh, is, with everybody listening. It is often the way that you get a business to a certain level and then it plateaus because you've kind of, it's almost like you overextended with the current methods. And then yes, you catch a cold and then you have to reorganize everything. Uh, yes, but then, so, so as yeah. you're ready to expand, if that makes sense, it's almost like that you, there's a constraint and you have to then fix the constraint to carry on. So I think that's, it's an, it's a, it's really great to have someone on the show ab admitting to that. Cause I think it's something we, we, we naturally as humans try to hide when we remember we're humans and not, not superhumans, <laughs> of course. So it's, it's so not very often talked about, but uh, I actually glad to share it because um, I learned my lesson and I hope I can help other people listening. So I think nothing to be ashamed of. Cool. Um, Jojo, let's, um, let's just quickly run through the business as it is at the moment. So yeah, sure. um, first off, I guess, why the name change? Interesting place to question. start. Yes, um, the name changed because the business changed. We were always uh, focused on consumers. We had a business to consumer store. We still have it. Still the biggest part of, of my business. Um, however, more and the more and more business to business like came into the business um, organically uh, to a point that we are supplying quite a bit to, especially the hospitality sector, and also have a few of our suppliers asking us to supply them for them um but they uh, and myself as well were a little bit uncomfortable with the name that really suggests like we also have a consumer store shop america um and there's a conflict of interest so i want to have a name that first of all um it took that out of the equation like house of fine foods it's a nice and general name i can use it for the wholesale part and also i'm focusing more on more high quality high-end small local producer products and i think the name reflects that really well so, oh cool so lots of good reasons for doing that then okay yeah, quite a bit. yeah more than one yeah now on to the more normal bits and pieces about your businesses <laughs> at the moment um whereabouts are you in the world and where are you selling to um our warehouse is located in the netherlands about 30 minutes east of amsterdam and we have there about 1300 items in stock at any moment um, most of our business actually is in the Netherlands and Belgium, so this a Dutch-speaking part of Europe. Uh, but we also have an English-language website, um, uh, and from there we also sell to customers throughout the European Union. Due to legal hurdles, we don't sell outside the EU, uh, but we do sell to any country within the EU. Okay, and the, the product we're talking about is things like Hershey bars and 
uh, high-end um, biltong and all those kind of things, isn't it? That's exactly right. Yes, we are actually an American grocery store and also more and more British grocery store for people outside of Britain. Um, yeah, selling all kinds of American and British snacks and drinks and, and foods and candy. Yeah. Excellent. And what's your platform? Um, we sell on Lightspeed. Um, it's quite a similar platform as Shopify. Okay, cool. And uh, what's, what does your team look like? There has been quite a, a few changes from the last time that we've spoken. Uh-huh. Uh, the team uh, that uh, I have right now is partly in-house and partly outsourced. I just hired my first full-time member of staff to run the warehouse. That was oh, one of the Congratulations. Thank you. It's, uh, it's, it's a, a lot of stress step. and awesome at the same time. It's a massive step, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it feels different. Uh, but I'm very happy he's, he's here now. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, he is uh, responsible for running the warehouse, keep everything in check there. Then I also have two part-time employees in the warehouse to help with parcels and inbound goods. Um, then there's one part-time person in the office help me with bookkeeping. And then I have two part-time contractors, actually, like virtual assistants, one for office work and one uh, for design. Both work part-time uh, from home. Um, and I'm in the process right now of hiring another full-time virtual assistant to help me personally with my task to um, take the really time-consuming ones um, out of the uh, equation for me. So, um, yeah, that's, and that's, that's the stuff um, that I pay. But besides that, I also have to say uh, my family, uh, my boyfriend, um, they are uh, a major <laughs> asset really to, to, my, to my business. I mean, if things get crazy, my mom is the best ingredient labeler you can find. We have to, <laughs> we have to translate everything to Dutch and it's insane, but uh, she always helps out. Uh, and my boyfriend, he's like so uh, analytical and on topic. And it's really nice to have when you're like me, you're all over the place all the time. Um, he makes sure I get pulled back like every single time. Uh, and of course, I hate that very much, but quietly, I appreciate it more than anything. So uh, I know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, and the one thing I would like to explain a little bit more, I, um, as I mentioned, there's a big change from last time and I expanded quite a bit. And there's no like change in turnover yet. Uh, so that may sound a little bit strange, but the reason why I'm doing this is the reason turnover is what it is still is because I got stuck with the day-to-day so much that I just wasn't able to find the time to grow. And making these steps actually make it possible uh, to actually start working on the growth plans that I have that are quite a bit that I want to get to. So uh, um, it makes sense. Yeah, I have to say and echo what you're saying there because I, I have a business which is primarily outsourced virtual assistants who I call on as and when I need them. And that you, if you want that relationship to work, you have to put in quite a bit of time and effort at the beginning, finding the right person and giving them the right instructions. Um, yes, it's very different than in the office. Very much so. So, um, yeah. so but before we start diving into the, cool. the deeper world of efficiency, I've got one okay. more question about where you are at the moment, which is, have you got any kind of key widgets or plugins you're using on the website? Oh my goodness, I can actually fill an entire podcast about them. <laughs> so which ones are the top ones though, the, the, the big recommendations? I will keep it short. Uh, yeah, the most important ones for me at the moment are Kioi, which I use for reviews. It's kind of like Trustpilot. 
-hmm. I use MailerLite for newsletters and also for the pop-up I just introduced you to to you actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. On pop-ups and how important they are, and I finally finally did it. And I can only say you really must have one. Uh, and Google Forms is something I use now for customer service inquiries to make them a bit more efficient than just um, putting my email address there and answering those. Um, yeah, and all of those widgets I really need um, to work more efficient, save a lot of time, and thus increasing the margins, and um, also making it possible for me to create the time to grow my business from the one-man show that it actually all those years was before this year, and now actually grow it in something bigger. Cool. And we'll put links to all of those in the show notes, which you can find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 85, because there were quite a few there. Okay. Yeah, sorry. No, no, never, <laughs> never apologize for tips and tools because uh, no, so- everybody loves them. Right. Yeah. Jojo, as I said earlier, I got you back on the show because I want to, to really dive into the efficiency side of things because it's an area which is very close to my heart, which we don't talk about as often as I think we should as an industry generally, let alone um, on this podcast, which is probably my fault on this podcast. But anyway, we'll gloss over that. (laughs) Um, So uh, what was the point at which and kind of why? So when and why did efficiency become really critical in your business? Well, first, I I just want to agree with you. Uh, Many times um, everywhere, uh, we talk a lot about our successes and we hardly um, talk about ever about the difficult part leading to that success. There's mm-hmm. always a part before it. It's never like instant. Um, and we also don't really often talk about the actual bits and bolts about how to run and make a good foundation for a good business. Uh, like there's no guidebook that we are given when we open our business, like this is how we should do it. Um, but it's very important. Um, so yeah, very cool we're here today and we can talk about it. That to, ask, to answer your questions, um, for me personally, what happened? Um, when you're handling a 300,000 euro um, on a year business with physical products in-house and you do it mainly by yourself, um, I really reached a limit to live a normal life, quite honestly. Uh, I was pulled into the day-to-day small things, like far too deep. Uh, so I really lost my, my helicopter view, so to speak. Uh, which is a very ironic thing, actually, because it was my former job when I was <laughs> working to keep overview of situations. So that's that's a big glitch over this as well. Um, and because of the overwhelm and all the stress and lack of overview, uh, I really um, quite literally uh, had my health uh, deteriorating. I hope mm-hmm. I pronounced it right. Yeah, you did. Um, I really got uh, a little bit sick. Um, so I, I really needed to change. But at the moment, I didn't knew how I had to do that. Um, and, in, and instinctively, I only focused on keeping the train running. And by that, I really lost sight of everything else. Uh, and that included me personally. So uh, out, of, and then, out of interest, Jojo, sorry, how, yeah. many, how many hours, how many days a week were you working at that point? At that point, I was working every single day of the week. There was no free days of anymore. And I was working at the worst I think like 14 to 15 hours a day from 6 a.m. in the morning to like 8 or 9 in the evening. Wow. It was really, really crazy. And for me, like the, my days off, it was like when I only worked like 12 hours. 
and so <laughs> for two hours I can watch a television show. Yeah, yeah that, cool. that's definitely awesome. not healthy. <laughs> no, it isn't. And my blood pressure really um, um, came at very um, uh, dangerous levels and it just was not a good place to be at. And I was not a very nice person also. So, um, no, you can get – a business can give you a lot of freedom, but it can also really – uh, takes you down if you if you don't really watch that um, and there's a, a very tiny line between the excitement you feel for it and and and, and to restrain yourself to actually keep it going on the long in the long run so yeah I, I yeah. personally a couple of years oh, was it last year or the year before I set myself the challenge of never working the weekends because I, I used to go through the week going oh, it'd be easier to do that on Saturday. It'd be easier to do that on Saturday. And if I had to write something or really focus on something, I'll do it on Saturday when the emails aren't coming in. And I realised that actually I I could do the same number of hours as I was doing over six days, even five days, if I just put a bit Mm -hmm. of discipline to it. So literally just set myself the task of I only work five days a week. And oh, it made such a difference. It just something as simple as that can really change things around. Absolutely true. I couldn't agree more. Um, I was not able to make such a big commitment, but what I did actually in the end was saying, okay, also for my private life, because it was just work and it was only work. What we agreed on last year was um, I take one day off in the weekend, um, but my partner said, okay, then I will help you the other day. So you still got seven days um, in hours worth, but you have one day off. So that really worked very good for me as a starting point. But more things needed to change, really. Uh, yes, that, that's kind of the sticking plaster to buy you a bit of time, isn't it? Right, okay. Yes. We'll yeah, still carry absolutely. on doing the same amount of work, but I'm going to drag <laughs> you into the business. Thank you so much for a day as well. Right, so. right. Well, it was very nice at the moment, but yes, you're absolutely right. It's still the, 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 the reason why it still had to be addressed. Um, but again, I had no idea how to do that until really two things happened, and they happened in the right um, um, sequence and they mm-hmm. happened almost at the same time. It was quite weird. The first thing was uh, I uh, want to introduce you to Kate, uh, Kate Erickson. She hosts a podcast as well in the US. Oh, Kate she is, is an amazing of- woman. She's brilliant. Yes, I love she's, Kate. She's, oh, she's amazing. Yes, she's part of EO Fire, and that's actually where I learned about you because you were a guest on that show. It is a weirdly I, circular world sometimes. Isn't it? And I heard <laughs> yeah. there and then I found out you had a podcast and I started following you and now here we are. So, yeah, amazing. Um, and Kate, uh, well, EOFI is like a big podcast, right? That's the one that's drawing in the numbers and the download is really, really big. Um, Kate's take is much more um, low-key and no advertisements there. Uh, and it's really all about sharing her um experiences and what she learned about running a business um, and wants to help her listeners um, with that. And she's a wonderful, like we said, a wonderful person, very open. And just listening to her show became really, uh, honestly, a beacon of calm in all this madness for me when I was in my car and I listened to her show and I heard all the solutions that at least I felt like a little calm, like, okay, there's a way out. So that first thing was that you found Kate's podcast. Yes. Okay. And at first she had like shows with random subjects and um, um, every single week was something else. And she switched last year to seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really made all the difference for me. Uh, season one, I, if I remember correctly, it was all about goal setting. Very interesting one to listen to. Uh, season two um, was creating systems and processes. And that was actually the one that was the game changer <laughs> for me. Uh, and then the most recent season she did was on tools. 
So, uh, like I said, I could uh, fill a whole podcast with tools and, and, uh, <laughs> and little things, but just listen to her season number three is my advice, and you get so many. Oh, uh, but as I said, yeah, season two was really the game changer. Why? Because I realized I really had not written down any system or process in my business. Everything was in my head, uh, and I really wasn't even able to outsource at that point because you know it was just impossible to um, actually instruct somebody because it was nothing again was written down and systematized so everything was like oh we have this problem mm, let's think yeah today we're going to go for this solution you know and it changed um so and, it was, and that could that can be a massive problem when it comes to bringing people into the business is actually if you bring someone on and you can't train them and they end up turning around every five minutes and going how do i do this how do i do this how do i do this it's even worse than if you were trying to do it on your own Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's honestly, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the, in the story, but um, it still is, but it's so true. It's very important to address that. Uh, and this, just hearing about all this was the first step, actually. Like, it clicked in, in my mind, okay, this is something I need to do, and this could be a solution when I get this down uh, to actually start changing things around. Jojo's just finished explaining how he came to see the light and get an idea of what he would need to do to make his business and his life better. Please listen to part B to find out how he's been making the changes in his business. It's absolutely packed with tips and ideas. If you're enjoying our 2017 e-commerce growth series sponsored by Vico, then please do spread the word to your e-commerce friends. A great way to do that is to put a review on iTunes about the show, but of course, social media, email, post if you want to send them a letter or if a coffee or a pint I don't mind but please do spread the word because I think these these podcasts are really valuable and they could help many more people and of course make sure you join in the conversation in the e-commerce master plan world facebook group which you can find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash facebook have a great week everybody and keep optimizing thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com